Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. January is really just flying by. 2023 is off to a fast and quick start. I don't even know where January went. Just a little check-in. How are we doing with our uh, 2023 Protecting Our Energy Intentions? Just checking in. How are we doing? How's it going? I hope all is well. And if we fell off the bandwagon a little bit, that's okay too, because let me tell you, I'm not sure about anywhere else in the country or the world, but in New York, I have not seen the sun in quite some time. <laughs> so that definitely has deterred my motivation. Um, It's been cloudy, cold, and rainy for the past, it feels like eternity. So if you fell off the bandwagon with your January intentions and your New Year's intentions, that's totally fine. We'll give ourselves grace because I'm feeling like if the sun's not working, why should I be working? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so again, if you've been um, keeping up with your intentions and really just shaping the way you want this year to turn out, keep it going. I'm proud of you. If you're taking a little break and you've fallen back into some patterns, that's okay. Just use the choose again method with Gabby Bernstein that we talked about in last week's episode and try your best to hop back into your motivation with your intentions with setting an aligned life for yourself. So today, I am so excited to tell you that we are having a wonderful guest join us today, Miss Luann Jardine. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about how to cope with toxic work environments and also how to make the shift from the nine to five to self-employment or keeping your nine to five and starting side hustles in order to protect your mental health from the stress of work environments that we all have to go through. So Luann is a Facebook Instagram ad expert that helps change makers reach their dream audience. Luann is a strong believer that by connecting entrepreneurs with the right audience through advertising, they can widely be successful. It fuels her soul to work with entrepreneurs who strive to create change or make people's lives better. Luann helps change makers reach a like-minded audience and find positive value in their business and message. So she is based out of British Columbia, Canada, and she loves any creative activity, including baking, crafting, and painting. And she shares with us her wonderful story of how she shifted from her toxic work environment of a nine to five, and then went into self-employment and creating this wonderful business of Instagram and Facebook ads, and how shifting to self-employment has really helped her reclaim her value and power. So I am so excited to jump into this episode today. So here we go, guys. I hope you enjoy. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. I have an amazing guest with us today, Miss Luann Jardine with us. And we're going to be talking about how to escape the toxic work environment and really change our mindset towards our work ethic and where our value truly lies in the work atmosphere. So Luann, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. I'm so happy to be here and to be talking about this. It's such an important topic. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's why when you you know reached out to me, I was like, we have to talk about toxic work environments because I feel like in the age of millennials, our late 20s, early 30s, we're starting to really finalize what is our work? What are we going to be doing for the 40 hours that we spend most of our day from the 20s till 65 or whenever we retire and things like that? So I think it's a super important topic to talk about. So do you want to quickly introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gang? Yes. Um, my name is Luann Jardine. I am based in Kelowna, BC, Canada. It's like this beautiful little town um, where the summers are beautiful and the winters are very, very cold. It's very seasonal here. Um, and I grew up in Vancouver. So I moved to Kelowna when I was 18 for school at UBC Okanagan. And I stayed because it's so freaking beautiful here. Mountains and lakes and all the things. Love that. Um, yeah, it's the best. And um, yeah, I work in advertising and marketing. So I've been working in this since I was in school. I always knew I wanted to do marketing. It's creative. It's like the perfect blend of design and copywriting, um, creative elements, analytics, like all of the fun stuff, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Um, but yeah, and uh, coming out of school, I had many, many jobs. And while I was in school, many work placements, many jobs, many um, upsetting situations. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, ultimately, it led me to start my own business. And now I have courses and things for Facebook and Instagram advertising, where I kind of honed in my services. I love that. And just saying, as a fellow New Yorker, I understand we're talking about where things are very seasonal, where like the summertime and spring are this, these beautiful, magnificent things. And all of a sudden, it's like winter. Like right now, it's January. It's just like the dead of winter. And we're like... <laughs> You know, it's it's beautiful, but it's just it's cold and it's dark, but we look forward to the rest of the season. So I, I totally resonated with that part. I was like, yep, I feel that. And yeah. so kind of talking about the major shift that you had between you used to work a nine to five and now you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur running your own business, which is amazing. And we're going to be diving into that later. Can you share with us what was kind of your mindset journey switching from the typical nine to five to self-employment? Yeah. So it was a big shift because um, I was going from someone kind of like micromanaging me almost, even if it, the manager or whoever isn't intending to be micromanaged, like anything compared to self-employment is like micromanaging. So, cause like someone's watching you, they're seeing when you clock in, they're seeing the work that you do, the tasks that you're checking off, they're prioritizing things for you. Um, and it just like, I didn't feel in control of any of my day when I was employed. And then switching to self-employment, I realized how much pressure I could put on myself to be like almost like a micromanager for myself, mm -hmm. or I could just like let myself relax. And it's crazy to me that I'm stressing myself out over like all these deadlines and things. But ultimately, when I bring it back, I'm like, I'm within full control of this. And if I need to change things, I can because like I am the boss of me. I don't need to like get approval from anyone now. Like I can do all of this by myself and it's, it's so much more empowering. Yeah. And I, I totally agree with that because, you know, from either a teacher's perspective, like even though I'm the teacher of my classroom, so that's my own little zone and I am the leader and I have choices that I can make. I still feel like it, I mean, it depends on the administration that I have where I've been definitely micromanaged before will they walk in it's like, why didn't I see this on the board? Why aren't these grades in yet? And all these things. And I'm just like, micromanaging is like a huge toxic work environment, like buzzword is micromanaging. And I never really in college, like heard that word before. And so when people were talking about it, I was like, what does that even mean micromanaging? And then once I got into the workforce, I was like, oh, this yeah. is what it's like. So 
you want to take away my creativity in the field that I'm supposed to be an expert on whatever job that you're in, you're hired because you were seen as an expert in that field, right? You were an expert in marketing, right? They hired you for that part of the job. And so it's like, it, it's kind of ironic when they start micromanaging you from either management or administration, because it's like, I thought you guys hired me because you saw that I knew what I was doing. So let me do, you know, what I got to do. So I don't, I totally agree that micromanaging really deflates the passion and excitement for whatever nine to five that somebody had, because then you feel like this looming shadow over you all day. And it really increases like stress and anxiety where I've actually seen the opposite end now that my administration has shift over a little bit. And so I have a new administration that supervises me and it's a completely different vibe where I feel like I could be more creative in whatever tasks that I'm doing. So it's kind of insane how management can really just take a toll on your employment experience. You know what I'm saying? So kind of taking the shift from doing your nine to five and shifting into self-employment, do you have like a moment or like a catalyst that like a moment where you sat there and you're like, nope, this is it for me. This is too toxic. I need to go somewhere else. Um, yeah, I remember the most recent like employment position I had, I was a project manager at a marketing agency mm -hmm. and, uh, it was uh, like in 2020. So like the pandemic was like fully there mm -hmm. and, um, it was around December, November, I was starting to burn out like classic black Friday marketing. Yep. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. Um, I had way too many clients. We were understaffed. The owner of the agency was super stoked because he was making so much more money because he didn't have to pay his employees because he had less of them. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just like straight up burned out. I felt like I was doing everything right in my job, but people mm -hmm. weren't uh, recognizing it. Like everyone was telling me I should be different. And I was uh, 24 at the time, like 24 and a half. I was young, you know, mm -hmm. and people were telling me, you just need to be more assertive. You need to do X, Y, and Z. You need to lower the tone of your voice so that you sound older. You need to carry well, yourself differently. That's and I was, new. I never heard that before. Lower your voice. Okay. Okay, Jan. Yeah, well, like, like, hey, sound like a man so that you get taken yeah. seriously. That's like, Ooh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it just, it just like hit me in the stomach. I was like, okay, this sounds like job positions I've been in before, mm -hmm. but they're telling me to be more assertive when I'm just doing everything that they're asking me to do, mm -hmm. but I'm not about to like tell my boss to F off, you know? Right. Like, yeah. So, not, not an initial reaction you should have to things yeah. like that. Yeah. And you would think like doing everything that you're asked is like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So I went on a walk with my fiance and I was just like, I just felt like there was like a dark cloud over my head. I, mm -hmm. it was sunny outside and I just like, didn't feel any of it. I was just so sad and upset. And every time my workday was over, especially cause I was working from home, mm -hmm. it just felt like it was never ending. Like I felt so sad. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, and then I wanted to go on stress leave from work because it was way too stressful after black Friday, mm -hmm. I requested stress leave and my, like the owner of the company rejected it. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. I didn't think that, yeah, I didn't think that people actually rejected stress. Wait, leave. So you get stress leave just like, cause like in America, I've never heard of stress leave before. <laughs> I was just like, wait, so you, cause we have like sick days yeah. and then like personal days. So like you have something separate, which is like literally called like stress days that you could take. 
No, it, it, was, it was like my vacation time. Oh, okay. I was going to say stress days. Where can I get some of that? Okay, sorry. Continue. Got I mean, it's a thing that should exist. But... Uh, yeah, it definitely should. <laughs> but like basically like time off because of stress, like mental health days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I requested it. It was rejected. I was upset and confused. And then I met with the owner of the company because he was like wanted to resolve things. And then when I met with him, he was like, this is just about efficiency. You just need to like communicate your, with your clients better. You need to do this better. You can do this faster. You can blah, 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 blah. And I was like, none of this matters if I don't feel good. And I was doing right. a fine job, but I was sad and I hated it because the people I worked with weren't supporting me. So got a doctor's note, requested stress leave again, mm-hmm. and uh, they rejected it again. And then I was just like, nope, I'm taking this. Sorry. Like you're on your own for the next week. And then I came back from stress leave and nothing changed. They were just like, oh, like, how do we prevent people from getting stressed? Like, what can we do that's more efficient? And I was like, okay, you guys have learned nothing. Nothing was gained from this experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for me to go. So I handed in my notice the day I came back from my leave. And two weeks later, I was gone. Mm -hmm. Good. You should. Yeah. That's so important, too, because like, that's the thing that kills a lot of us where we're at our jobs for you know if you work a 40 hour work week for most of your life like you know once we get out of college and we're in our 20s then all the way to our 60 you know whatever your retirement age is like that's where we spend most of our time so it is it it sounds it's so sad when your work really takes a toll on your mental health like you were saying that you were sad and that like management wasn't understanding and then you start to realize that, you know, and I think wherever workplace you are, you start to just realize you're just a cog in, you know, in the wheel. Do you know what I'm saying? You're just a part of the machine and you are replaceable. And so once I kind of realized that from a teacher that, you know, I'm going to try my best, but like at the end of the day, if I leave, they're just going to replace me in, you know, a month or a couple of weeks anyways, I started to then take hold of how can I make this work experience better for my mental health? Maybe I need to do something outside of work. Maybe I need to create boundaries for work and things like that. Because I started to realize that I'm not as important to them as, you know, work is important to me because it's my livelihood. That's how we pay the bills, you know, things like that. So I think it's kind of a beautiful release when you realize, you know what, this job is, it's, it's a job you know, and if it's really impacting your mental health that much, you can find another job. And if maybe that's not the case, what are ways where you can, you have to keep this job, but what are ways outside of the workplace? Can I fill my cup? So that way, you know, work, I just go in, you know, autopilot, do my thing, do what I need to do and leave and not make work like your family, quote unquote, that always skeeved me out when like, I would go into a job and they're like, we're like family. That's our company culture. Our school culture is we're family. And I was like, no, no, like innately. I was like, oh no, like you're not my family. You are my coworkers. I will respect you and be professional. And maybe some of my coworkers I'll grow close with and become friends, but like, you're not my family. And kind of backing away what they want you to see work as like your identity, like you're a part of this family. And so leave your other family behind there a side note and you're a part of your work family. I think that's where people get stuck, where they're afraid of if their work experience is toxic, they're afraid to leave because of that, you know, identity that's attached to it. Where like, you're supposed to be, you know, friends with your coworkers and happy hours and company parties and all these things. 
And you're like, no, no, no. Like work is, it's business. I come in here, I make the money that I got to do. And then I come home to my real family, my real friends. And that's kind of the step at least I took when I was feeling really burnt out and down with, you know, teaching. I was like, you know what? Teaching, it's not who I am. It's not my identity. It's what I do. And so let me go and teach and do what I need to do to the best of my abilities, but then leave it there and then come back home and do things you know, that fulfill me in any way. So if people are listening right now, right. And they're like, you know, it's great that you left. And that's great that you took the step and advocate for yourself. And was like, this is enough is enough. I need to go do something else. So how can people then make the decision? When is it time to leave their job? Like you did? Um, I like, tried to exhaust every single option that I had. I was supporting my partner through school at the time. Mm -hmm. um, And I felt like I was completely stuck in my job because of it. Like I needed a consistent income because I was the primary income provider for our house. Right. So I was like, I have to make this work. Everyone was telling me, Luann, you need to make this work. And if you can't make it work, you need to have a job lined up for when you quit. And like for the life of me, I could not find a job that was good. Like that I was interviewing for other jobs while I was at this position. And there just wasn't one that I could find that like checked off the box of good people to work with. And that's the only box. That's the only criteria I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was pretty disappointed there, but I would say you're ready to leave your employment position when you've exhausted every option and slash, or when your mental health takes a toll, it's 100% more important than your job. And like, if you are getting bullied at work, harassed at work, um, I have been in the past, unfortunately, like keep a dialogue or not a dialogue, but keep notes of the dialogue that you're having with your coworkers, with your boss. And you need to have like a record of that, the date, the time, who said what, because that is evidence against the company. And that's the reason that you quit and you might be able to get compensated. Yeah. So exhaust your options, keep a record. and. If there's other opportunities out there that you're open to, look into them, but ultimately like mental health over everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more because it's so important that you have evidence with anything, like even in teaching, they always say to, you know, keep a dialogue and you'll cover everything because when you leave, right, um, you know, if you quit, even it's not for like another job opportunity, but you're literally quitting because the workplace was so toxic, if you have an HR, it's really important to show evidence, like you said, so you can get compensated for it. If you were being, you know, bullied, sexually harassed, all of those things, it's so important to keep track of because then you have proof and evidence of this company is toxic. And you didn't just leave because, you know, you're, you know, making things up or you're being dramatic and things like that. It really sends proof. And also it's just proof for yourself that, yes, I exhausted all of the things I needed to do. You know, maybe you talked to HR, you kept, you know, a track record of everything that was going on. You worked on the feedback that your boss was giving you, but it was just always, you know, not enough, not enough. Because a lot of the times management, like you always want to grow. And that's kind of, you know, cause I've been in management positions before where, you know, you want your employee to do good things and then also up-level them, which I get, but there has to be a balance. You can't just keep telling your employee, like this, this is the things that you need to keep growing. And this is not enough. You need to do this. You need to do this better. Then all of a sudden you're like, 
you develop imposter syndrome. Do I know what I'm even doing at this job? Where if bosses and leaders and management are saying, hey, you do this really great. And I'm so proud of you for what you did and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I want you to grow a little bit more in this area of your work. I feel like that would make like a world of difference. But again, with employees, you're just a part of the machine and they got things they got to do just like you have things you got to do. So unfortunately, if it's just not a match and that's totally okay that you do not jive with your coworkers or your boss or management, it's okay. And not saying you have to leave the the, um, sphere completely, just maybe go to a different office, a different company. Not saying you have to completely leave your nine to five and completely change everything. You can just find another position, maybe be in a different office or go completely remote and work from home if that works better for people. But yeah, definitely. I agree with you. Exhausting all the things that you can, like I did everything I could to stay at this job, but it's just not working for me. And when you're really feeling that and your mental health really taking a toll, I think it is important to say, you know, like, let's look what out there. Like, you know, don't quit and just be like, okay, I don't have a plan. But be like, okay, what's out there? What are some, is self-employment a thing for me? Maybe it is. Maybe I can look into that. How do I do that? Maybe I just switch to another company. I can do that. Maybe instead of working in the office, maybe the company that I'm at has a work from home option that would you know ease the stress of the job and just look at all your options. And then once you have things set up, then it's time to be like, hey, here's my two weeks. Thanks for everything. See you never. And, you know, move on. Would you agree with that? Totally. Yes. I like when I quit my job, I had two really small freelance clients on the side and a prospect of one more. And it was exhausting to do the side hustle along with full-time work. Um, I did it for a while and it was doable, but not while I hated my job. So Mm -hmm. I needed to choose and I ended up choosing freelancing. And of course, like I've had nightmare clients along the way and bad relationship breakups that just end up happening when two people don't work well together Mm -hmm. but like oh my gosh I would not change this for the world the highs the high income months and the low income months and the unpredictability is all completely worth it because I just I like my work now and I get to choose who I get to work with yeah and that's amazing and it's really truly important as well to do the pros and cons okay if I want to make the shift to either a new company remote job or go full self-employment what am I leaving at this job? Maybe it's, you know, payment stability, maybe it's insurance, whatever that it is. But what are you gaining from the change that you're going to make? Are you going to have more energy throughout the day so you can, you know, fulfill other things in your life? Or are you just going to feel happier? You're not going to feel as stressed because that takes a toll on your mental health along with your physical health as well. And is anything really worth taking a detrimental toll on those two things, right? At the end of the day, and I think the pandemic taught me this too with you know work-life balance, at the end of the day, what's important in your life? Is it your family, your mental health, your physical health, your friends, your loved ones? Or is it this job that's like literally sucking the soul <laughs> out of you? And I know the the reality for a lot of people is I can't just quit you know, my job. I have to keep this job to pay the bills, which- we understand. I, I totally get it. So if people can't switch their job, maybe right now, maybe it's a little later, but they can't switch and they're staying in the toxic, unfortunately toxic work environment that they are experiencing. What are some ways that people can feel less stuck if they have to stay in that job that they're in? Yeah. Um, well, first thing is always therapy, like go to therapy. Therapy is amazing. Everyone should go to therapy. Like even if you are the most perfect person in the world, you can still benefit from therapy. Yes. Yes. Um, 
so yeah, I would say the number one thing is definitely go to therapy. Um, and yeah, talk to HR. If you do have an HR person, um, you could confide in some friends or a coworker, if that's like a safe, um, and confidential situation for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like reaching out for support and looking for other opportunities and it might take a while to find a new opportunity, but if you're able to support yourself and like you said before, like fill your own cup with like hobbies, try to get outside every day, try to, I don't know, pet your dog or someone else's mm-hmm. dog, just like <laughs> find um, an animal. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, that's like been proven to make people feel good. So mm-hmm. yeah, go to a dog park um, <laughs> and uh, just do things that really make you feel good. And I would say that will help you bridge the gap between you and your next opportunity. And if you have the capacity to side hustle, if you're interested in self-employment, then there's like tons of opportunities out there. You don't need a full-fledged business to make money. You can like literally join Facebook groups or uh, freelance websites and begin to make an income that way, build your credibility, and then build a business around that. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be like an hour a week. Mm -hmm. I like that. Take a little, like, it's more of, um, because some people like think, well, if I quit my nine to five, I have to like go into self-employment and be an entrepreneur where it's nice to have a happy medium of, yes, I can work my nine to five and it could be stressful, but you know what? I can also take, you said like a couple hours out of the week and have a side hustle or a passion project that earns a little extra income. The internet's a beautiful thing. I mean, look at us, we're on zoom right now, like doing a podcast interview. So the internet is our friend. So if you want to dive into something and make a little extra cash on the side, there's totally nothing wrong with that. So that way, the stress of like, this job is my only income is not hanging over your head where you have a nice, you know, supplemental income. And also, definitely, I agree with you joining like the Facebook groups or the Instagram groups or any group that you can community group where it's like in person that are with people that are kind of going through the same thing that are maybe shifting from their nine to five to self-employment or staying in their nine to five, but you want to start a great side hustle. So you're in a community where those ideas are sprawling about, you know what I mean? Because I feel like it could be very isolating when you feel like you're the only one going through this. Cause that's a big shift to even change companies from a job. You know, you stay in the same, um, you know, sphere of work, like for you, like marketing or for me, education, but you just move to a different company. That's still a big shift. That is a big transition. So definitely collaborating with people going through that same transition can help the ease and the stress of what you're going through. And so that kind of goes into my next question of if people are listening right now and they're like, you know what, I do want to leave my nine to five. I do have a toxic work environment and I want to look into self-employment. What are some of the first steps that they can take? Oh, yes. Um, hmm. I'd say, yeah, just get networking, talk to people. That's like, that was the number one thing that helped me. I went out to events, I talked to people. And then eventually I found clients through, um, through my first client is how I found a lot of my clients. Um, and I also was applying to jobs. Um, and, you know, a lot of people might not recommend this strategy, but I was applying to jobs like on LinkedIn, on Indeed, on the job platforms and then pitching a contracting role. And it actually worked for one of my clients and they ended up being my biggest client for two years, uh, supplying the most of my income. Um, So yeah, there's like, there's opportunity out there. People are open-minded. It's hard to get quality people into employment positions. So if you are that qualified person and you wanna pitch a part-time role or a contractor role, then you can do that. Like you have the power. You just have to learn how to position it and trial and error will help get you there. But 
I would say those were like the major things that helped me when I first started out. Yeah, and definitely understanding the trial and error and understanding the networking really came from joining those Facebook groups or going to master classes that, you know, the, like I see plenty of people on Instagram that do like free master class for starting your business. So like at least it's free. <laughs> so you don't always have to pay for everything. But I do believe that if you are shifting from, you know, a nine to five to self-employment, definitely getting into a group of people that kind of are going through the same thing and can say, Hey, this is a next step that you can do. So it's not as, you know, daunting because it could be, it could be very overwhelmed where you just left your nine to five and it's like, okay, now what? And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck and they get afraid. And maybe they go back to a nine to five that doesn't bring them joy because they're like, well, I just quit my nine to five that I worked at for a couple of years. That's all I've ever known. How on earth do I even get into self-employment? What does that even mean? That could be very scary to people. But often I feel like the scariest things are the things that are going to make you grow the most, right? Like even when we were talking before on our like little podcast meeting dress rehearsal, you were explaining to me, which is so beautiful to see, was just how much happier and so much of a better person you are now because you stepped out of your comfort zone and you switched from your nine to five that was making you miserable and draining everything out of you into creating and being a, being self-employed and creating a business that makes you happy where you said, right, you had flexible hours, you choose your clients and um, the clients align with what you're doing and things like that. So you're not working with people that don't align with you and stress you out. It's a beautiful thing when you find the courage to do that, you know? Yeah, so totally. If, if people are, you know, who are listening, if they're kind of sitting here, like, I definitely want to leave my nine to five and I want to, you know, start self-employment. What are some words of encouragement that you have for them? Oh, the hardest part is starting. Mm -hmm. Like once you start, it all will begin like snowballing and becoming easier, like snowballing in a good way, mm -hmm. um, becoming easier and easier. Like, and when you begin networking, like you said, joining a community of people, I joined a paid community um, a few months into me being self-employed and it was my first business investment. It was like $1,300, which felt gigantic at the time. Mm -hmm. And I got like so many clients that way. I got one of my biggest clients that way. She connected me to one of my other biggest clients, like growing your network will help grow your business. And yeah, the scariest part is starting. And there's going to be those months where you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to hit my income goal or, oh, I'm going to have to dip into my savings a little bit to okay. make ends meet. And that's okay. Because as long as you have faith in the process, the results will come. And I know it sounds a little bit like woo-woo, but honestly, yeah. if you have faith, it will come. If you have the faith and the confidence to show up, the results will come. Like, I promise you. Yeah. And I... I uh agree with that hundred percent because it's like when you believe in yourself and you have the confidence, then you start taking the actions of what you need to do to then get to the goal that you want. Because if you sit in like the fear and scarcity mode of starting a business, that's where you stay because you're not taking any action. I mean, I am in the midst of, you know, starting a, um, a life coaching program. And I also, I invested in a coach to help me, you know, make the business happen and all the things, all the background stuff. And that was so scary for me too. But, and I, you know, I had to spend a chunk of change too. We all do yet, but that's an, the thing is you're not spending money. You're investing in yourself. That's the way you have to look at it is, you know, you can spend, you know, some money on clothes and things like that. And, you know, your, all your subscriptions and things like that. But 
what if you put that money and time towards investing in yourself to create a life that you truly want to live? And I think we're staying in our nine to fives because we're told all of our lives, like, this is the stability. You work until you're 65, then you retire. And this is where you get your insurance from. And this is how you have a nice, stable life. And that could be it for a lot of people. And that's great if you work a nine to five. That's fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it. But if the nine to five is literally killing you inside and making you depressed, anxious, upset, sad, and like questioning everything, is it really worth it? Or is it worth it to step out of your comfort zone, invest in yourself a little bit and be able to build what you want to build and be a happier person because of it? I mean, honestly, everything's always in hindsight. I'm learning <laughs> that like when you look back, you're like, oh, that was a great decision that I did. I'm glad I did that for you for myself. But in the moment of the decision, you're kind of like sitting there like, what should I do? Is this I like I'm comfortable where I am, but the comfort is also upsetting me. So how can I take the step? And I think it's, and I agree with you too, the, the hardest part is starting. And I think taking little baby steps and making like sh like short, small term goals for yourself can help you get there. Like, for example, um, when I was starting Life Coach Business, it was like, okay, I'm not making a business right away. How can I start with branding? What What is my, who is my ideal client, right? What's my brand look like? What's the kind of vibes I want people to feel like when they come onto my Instagram page? right? Do I want to feel inviting and happy? And who are the clients that I want to attract and all of those things? That's like ground zero where you have to, you know, make, you know, your vibe and your brand and attracting the people that you want. All the business stuff and like the money and the tax forms, like all those things, they come at a later date. Let's get people in the door first and then we can start doing it. And there's plenty of beautiful options, especially on Instagram. So many people are starting businesses on Instagram. Etsy is a huge thing, Facebook, so on and so forth. So a lot of people are like, okay, I want to start a business, but I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. And like your, the story of how we're getting to the self-employment is a little, it's a little scary and you feel like a huge imposter syndrome. How can someone use that to their ability to really create their brand and their company? Yes, that's huge. Um, I'm going to give a piece of advice that my dad gave me. I called him and I was like, dad, I feel imposter syndrome. And he was like, what? That is not a syndrome. Mm -hmm. What is that? And I explained it to him and he was like, Luann, we are all imposters and none of us know what we're doing. Yeah. My dad had his own business um, for I don't know, 35 years as an accountant, he was self-employed. Um, none of us know what we're doing. And we're just out here doing the best we can, trying to lift people up, trying to make people happy, trying to get a return on our investment, a return on our time, and just meeting great people along the way. Like the moment you feel like an imposter just means you are on the right track and you are growing a shit ton. Mm -hmm. Like you are doing the right thing. So that was like, hearing that advice as well. I was listening to another podcast that said that to me, that imposter syndrome just means you're on the right track and you're growing. And then I haven't really felt like too bad of imposter syndrome since hearing that. I was like, this just means I'm on the right track. This just means I'm on the verge of something huge mm -hmm. or I'm attaining a new skill and I'm going to get excellent at it soon. Imposter syndrome humbles us, but mm -hmm. You don't need to listen to it because you're on the right track. You're going to find the right solution to the right thing. And 
I just, everyone feels the same way as you. You're not alone in this, even if they're not talking about it or they won't admit it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has felt like that at least at one point. Oh, amen. You know, what's so funny. Remember when we were kids and like, we thought people in their twenties, like had their life together and we're like, oh, yes. of course, all adults know what they're doing, right? Like, of course they know they're adults. Why wouldn't they know what they're doing? It's kids. We don't know what we're doing, but then all of a sudden now we're the adults and we're like, wait a minute. I have no idea what's going on. And then you talk to other adults and you're like, they also have no idea what they're doing and what's going on. And I'm like, oh, so I love that your dad said that that we're all imposters. Like we're all just trying to do our best and trying to figure life out. And I think that's really like the human experience. We're just trying to figure out what's going to work best for us and what's not. We don't always have to have the answers to everything. I think when people, if if they're staying at their job or they're moving to, you know, self-employment, they think they always have to have it figured out. Like even as a teacher, I've been teaching, you know, for six years now, I'm tenured, I have master's degrees, like I have all the things and then I still feel imposter syndrome. And sometimes I laugh at myself and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but then I have to stop myself and be like, yes, of course I know what I'm doing. I've been, I've been here. If I didn't know what I was doing, I wouldn't be here right now. Like that's how I kind of remind myself. If I didn't know what I'm doing, I wouldn't be here right now. And I love that you brought up that, and I like, so I'm going to add that to my mantra when I think of imposter syndrome, where I know what I'm doing because I've been here, like I wouldn't be here if I didn't know what I'm doing. But also it's a nice hint of if you feel like imposter syndrome, you're on the verge of something beautiful and great. And it's okay to not have all the answers where if you're switching your jobs, it's okay to have like a little bit of an outline of a plan, but not have like your five-year plan after you switch your job or self-employment. That's what everyone asks at the dinner table. Oh, you know, you're starting this now. You left your job. What's your five-year plan? Why do I need to know what I'm doing in five years? Can I focus on five months from now? Like what's the pressure of knowing so far ahead? Because you don't know, even if you do have a five-year plan, do you know what life's going to throw at you that will totally dismantle (laughs) that whatever, if you even had a five-year plan, you know what I'm saying? So I love that you brought that up saying that, it's okay to not know what's going on because most of us adults have no idea what's going on. Yes. And I, we really do. There's some days I walk into work and I'm like, okay, what, what am I, what am I doing today? Oh, I made a plan for it, but like, what am I actually doing today? And adjusting to life, you're learning lessons where we think once we leave college, we're supposed to know everything up, oh, get the job. Okay. Now I know everything. That's not the case. The whole point of adulthood is you keep growing and you keep learning and things like that. So if you can give your younger self a little bit of advice for starting a business, if you can go back to younger Luann when you first was starting your advertising business, what would you tell her? Oh, gosh. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like you do not need to put up with this. You are worth more than this. Your time is worth more than this. These people are smart, but I mean, you're smarter than this. Mm -hmm. You can like build something. And just because your dream job wasn't necessarily self-employment, it doesn't mean that it can't change, that your dream job can't evolve and that it's not something you can create. You literally can step into your power and create something that you love. You just have to do it. Like you just have to start. That's it. That's the hardest part, like I said. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. 
Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it, but I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing, right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey. So I love that you brought up that, is this worth my time? Is this worth my effort and everything like that? Because I think we forget how valuable we are as people. Like we all are individuals with 
amazing talents and ideas and intelligence and potentials. And I think we dull it when we work, you know, in a space that's not really meant for us. So it does dull our light a little bit. It dulls our creativity, especially if we're being micromanaged, like we spoke about before. So how has shifting from the nine to five to self-employment help you to reclaim your power? Um, I think, yeah, you mentioned a lot of it earlier, just like having power over my day, over my time. Like I, if I have a bad sleep, I could sleep in. If mm -hmm. I want to take a mental health day, I can take a mental health day. If I want to work 10 hours that day for whatever reason, I mm -hmm. totally can. Mm -hmm. There is, and I have power over what I want to invest in for my business and my education, my professional and my personal development. Mm -hmm. I have a power over when I take a break during the day and what hours I spend working during the day. Like there are so many benefits that just empowered me to feel good about what I'm doing. And when I first started out, I had something in my mind that was like, Luann, you have to work 40 hour weeks. You have to work eight hour days with like a 30 minute lunch break. You have to do this. Like, like you've been doing before, like this essentially like templated work day, work week that mm -hmm. we're all taught growing up and that basically we have learned during school as well. Mm -hmm. So, and it took me so long to unlearn that, that I don't need to like wake up at a certain time, start working at a certain time and do all of the things at a specific time in the day and fit in specific tasks in the day. And I just, yeah, I kind of morphed my business into something that would work for me. And honestly, I spent a little bit of time tracking my hours and sometimes it comes out to 40 hours a week. Sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Sometimes I work on the weekend, sometimes mm -hmm. I don't. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, I can choose. And that's like the biggest thing for me is I get to choose how I get to work. And that it just, it's so helpful because I get to show up when I'm feeling my best. And when I'm not feeling my best, I actually get to take the time to feel better. Yeah, which is so important because in order to produce wonderful work, you have to be in the right mindset, the right spirit, the right energy field. You know what I'm saying? Where if like, let's say you had, you know, a rough night's sleep and then you go to work your nine to five, that day is going to not be productive in the size, especially if you don't like the job that you're in. There are some days where I don't get a good night's rest and I go into work the next day and I have to be on because I'm a teacher. So I, I'm the entertainer all day. I'm the one facilitating everything. And there have been days where I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it because I've had such a rough night's sleep. How am I going to be productive during the workday? And there's been some days that were rough and I was like, I don't know how I got through it. It was a lot of coffee and, you know, just getting through it and like kind of going to autopilot and just doing what I needed to do. But there are days too where I'm like, man, I wish I, I could just choose if I could just sleep a little bit later, you know what I mean? Um, and things like that. So I think it's so great that you spoke about just being in control of your day and knowing what works for you because nine to fives don't work for everybody. And they're not supposed to, cause we're all such different people. Like think about it back in school, we're not all the same types of learners. So you all learned in all different types of ways, but then all of a sudden you go to the workforce and there's no like working in different ways. There's no options that you all have to come into the office. You all sit in your cubicle and you all do your work until it's five o'clock and then you all leave. Like, it doesn't make sense why it went from the shift of, okay, when you're learning and you're in school, there's all these different learning styles and like flexible seating and things like that. Yeah. But now that you're an adult, we're going to throw all that out the window and you're just going to do the same thing where I think it's, you know, on the kind of positive end of what 
was the outcome of the pandemic was this work from home option because now people can be like, Hey, I'll stay at the job, but as long as I can work from home and, you know, especially if there's childcare involved or the commute was terrible and things like that, or maybe people are just like hella introverts, which is totally fine. And they work best if they're just isolated, they're on their laptop doing their thing. What's wrong with that? I'm still being productive. I'm still doing what I need to do. Why do I need to come into the office? So kind of now in our millennial 20s and 30s, we're seeing this is a shift. This shift is not going to go away. I really think that a lot of office jobs are mostly going to shift into remote because honestly, anything you could do at this point in an office job is something you could do remotely at home, right? You have your meetings on Zoom, you do your emails, you do your productivity because you're just working on a computer in the office anyways. So I kind of enjoy that this is like a nice shift that is coming in, or maybe it's a hybrid schedule where you come in, you know, two days a week and you work from home three days a week. That's what my dad does. So he doesn't have to work, go travel into New York City every day because that's a rough commute. Not all jobs can do that. They're like teaching. We learned we cannot do that. And I think a lot of jobs where you would just work with people in that sense, like obviously medical and things like that cannot go fully remote. Um, but I actually, a lot of my kids told me during the pandemic, they actually liked learning at home and they just hopped on the Zoom call. They listened to me teach, they handed in the work and that was done and they were just in their house because going into a classroom was like super overwhelming to them. I could only imagine it's 30 kids, right? So it's similar as an adult. So I totally agree with you where when you have the slightest control of your work week of where you're going to work, you're going to wake up, how long you're working for can really help you, you know, reclaim your power. So if the nine to five isn't for someone, it is okay to slowly go away from that spot. You don't have to leave everything, but just do little baby steps to kind of see what actually works for you. Maybe you can ask your employee and be like, Hey, is there a work from home option? Because I think that would increase my productivity. Maybe that's an option people, you know, can take now. So kind of going into more of your self-employment, do you want to share um, your company and what you built with everyone? Yes. So um, kind of when I started my business, I knew I wanted to work with people that wanted to create a positive impact because there's so much in marketing that's like slimy, salesy, yep. doesn't feel good. It's mm -hmm. like selling the wrong stuff to the wrong people at the wrong time, making them feel really crappy. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to swing things in a way that were like the creative marketing aspects, but also with the right people. Right. So I do Facebook and Instagram advertising for changemaker entrepreneurs. And I like write the word changemaker everywhere I can, because the people that identify with that, with changemakers are the people I want to be working with. They're the people that want to raise others up and create a positive change. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what I do. And I do Facebook and Instagram ads because there was a gap in the market when I started. And I think there still is now like the education around advertising is just so sparse and people there's just so much like misinformation about it. So I wanted to educate people on the real possibilities with it, especially if you have a positive message, the return you can get is incredible. If you're selling things and being honest with your audience and over delivering to them, you can get like awesome results. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what my whole business is about. And I offer done for you services, done with you services and DIY course. So there's the dream audience and autopilot program, which is done with you. There's uh, the VIP experience, which is my done for you. So I create ad campaigns for clients. And then the DIY course is just like a course you can purchase and do whenever suits you essentially. Mm hmm. 
That's great. So like if anyone is creating their own business or maybe they have an Etsy shop or they're creating their merch or they have a podcast or like a YouTube channel, anything that they want to market, they can go to you and you have those three options for them. Yes, totally. And I'm totally happy to answer any questions in DMs because I nerd out over marketing. I love this stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's so, it's so funny. Cause like, I always wonder like, how do people know, like how to market things? Like my brain just like, didn't go that way, but now going into kind of, um, leaving the education realm as like one side of me, but then the other side of me is podcasting. I'm starting to learn of like, Oh, like this is what marketing is all about. Where I love that you said, if you have like a positive message to spread, it's a beautiful thing. And so it's really important to know your marketing skills to get that out there because no, unfortunately, no one's going to hear about your great impact that you want to do if you don't market it correctly and be consistent with your marketing, be genuine with your marketing. So it's a wonderful skill to create and learn, or it's also a wonderful skill to pay someone to do it for you <laughs> because I'm here for them. Like, can someone please do this for me? Like, I kind of understand it, but like, please someone else do it for me. And that's kind of what happened when I did, um, my life coach business. Um, she helped me with kind of the marketing side of it. And it's so important because especially even if you're starting a side hustle, right? You're not leaving your nine to five, but you're doing a side hustle. Maybe you create, you know, I have a bunch of friends that create the fun merchandise because they got like a cricket and things like that. And they're, um, side hustle is booming because they're marketing it the right way. And it's actually become a beautiful supplemental income for them. And I'm like, I go on their Facebook pages and I like all their stuff. I've got a couple of things. So that's what I'm saying. Like take advantage of the internet. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing. And especially when we have amazing people like you, Luann, that are going to help us. If we have no idea <laughs> how to market the great things that we are going to create with our self-employment or with our side hustle and passion projects. I mean, the, the possibilities are infinite, which I'm really excited about the age that we live in with work ethic and technology, because the potentials that we all actually have, we can actually do them now because we have access to all this information and the internet. Like I never thought that I was going to create a podcast, like who am I, but I was able to look it up and figure out how to do it. And now like, here we are. So it's so great that we live in a time that we can just really pursue things that make us happy, whether it's our actual business that we create or it's a nice side hustle or you know, supplemental income because you know we still have bills to pay and that's the reality for a lot of people. So thank you, Luann, for joining me today. I loved this conversation that we had. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to spend it with us. Thank you. And just to do a little um, segue, um, if you are interested in advertising, I'm hosting a webinar on January 26th, which is Thursday, this upcoming week that this podcast is coming out. Um, it's completely free. It's about mastering your advertising strategy. And I'm teaching a strategy you can also apply to your organic marketing strategy. It's about how to grow your email list. So I grew my email list with the same strategy that I'm teaching. And I four times the size of it in 2022. So it's it's a strategy that works and I would love, love, love for you to join. So the details will be, I think, linked in this podcast episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to link. I'll link that in the show notes. And where could the Growth Mindset Gang find you, follow you, all those wonderful things? Yes, um, my website's my name. So just luanjardine.com and same with my Instagram, luanjardine. Um, you can find me anywhere. Send me a DM, follow me if you want to. And I'm super happy to chat and give advice about advertising, marketing, whatever, or self-employment and like your journey. I would love to hear about it. 
Amazing. And again, all that information, your Instagram, your website, I'm going to link that on the show notes. So the growth mindset gang can find you and follow you. And let me tell you, I, I go on your profile. I creep. And Lauren, you put, you put up such wonderful and like useful things. Cause I see from a teacher's perspective that you teach things so well. And like, I look, I'm like, Oh, I totally get this. It makes so much sense to me. So um, like, honestly, keep up the amazing work because what you are sharing and the way you are sharing it is amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. That means so much to me, especially from a teacher. <laughs> I was going to say like, if a teacher's telling you, you know how to teach, you're doing something right. So again, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become. Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again so much, Luann, for joining us. And we had such a wonderful conversation. And if you guys, the Growth Minds Again, enjoyed this conversation, please make sure to go follow Luann. She creates such wonderful content and she teaches it, like I said, so well. 
And if you enjoy this episode, please make sure to share it on your stories and tag Luann and I. Make sure to share this with a friend if they are feeling a nice job transition, if they need to hear it. Please make sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Spotify. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network.